Hello and welcome to our expert opinion podcast in association with Explore Lifestyle. My name is Taylor Johnson, founder of Explore Lifestyle, and joining me will be a variety of industry experts as well as plenty of everyday fitness lovers to give us an insight into the actual barriers that are stopping you achieve your goals. We'll be delving into four key areas, exercise, nutrition, mental health and lifestyle, and exploring how to achieve these all whilst living a happy and healthy life. So sit back and let us give you our expert opinion. Welcome back to the Our Expert Opinion podcast. Today, we are joined by a unique guest, female coach, bikini athlete, and mother of three who specializes in coaching women to become the best version of themselves and find confidence in their bodies. Aldine Prizner, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Snowing outside, which is obviously a nice sight from inside a warm house. Um, but yeah, a um, bit of cheer for lockdown, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, lockdown three for us in the UK, um, but hopefully it's over before yeah. the summer. At so we're, I'm in my house at the moment and I've got kids here, so you may hear a bit of background noise during this podcast, okay? That's fine. <laughs> I think uh, ev- everyone's pretty pretty calm with um, with allowing a bit of background noise. And again, this is over okay. Zoom, so any connection issues, we do apologise. Um, so... Aldine, we've known each other for quite a long time. Um, we actually met at the first gym that I worked at. So I've seen quite a lot of your fitness journey, but how did it all start? So I'll take it way, way back to, um, to basically when I was a child. and I'll go through my sporting background. So I started uh, as a child doing a lot of swimming. So my parents pushed me into swimming. They pushed me into dancing and also you know the usual like playing instruments uh and I did enjoy that and I was doing that quite frequently so I had that going into my teenage years as I became a teenager as so many do I kind of got bored of it and I rebelled and I dropped all the sporting activities so I went from doing kind of two swimming sessions a week where I was doing you know 60 100 lengths to warm up to doing you know not much but going out with my friends I also gave up dancing which uh, you know a shame it's something I actually really regret to this day um had my teenage years then I uh went into kind of beauty pageants at the age of 18 and then I went off to uni and that's when I completely seemed to drop everything I was still going to the gym but I did the usual things that a lot of people do when they go to uni. I was drinking a lot. I was eating out of sachets and a lot of frozen food and um, kind of my weight ballooned mm-hmm. as a lot of women's do when they kind of eat that kind of diet, shall we say. Yeah. And um, I came out of uni a lot bigger than when I went in. And I didn't, because I'd given up, I didn't really know what I was doing in the gym. I kind of came out and I didn't have a clue with exercise. And when I started going to the gym again, I just went in and, and I did a lot of cardio and, you know, went on a lot of crash diets and the hope it would change my body. And it was only, I think, after I'd had children that I truly learned how to make a change to my lifestyle and my training to see, kind of to have the body and the confidence that I wanted. And I enjoyed it so much and enjoyed the transformation that I saw myself that I then wanted to help others, um, wanted to impart my knowledge to other women who were on that same journey I was on, where they were struggling. And yeah, and then the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. So where, when did you first get your personal training qualifications? I think it was about, looking back now, about seven years ago or so, seven or eight years ago. It was after my second child was born. So I came to this quite late. Yeah. 
I think that's quite important because I spoke about it on another podcast, how a lot of people want to know exactly what what they're going to be doing for the rest of their life by the age of I think a lot of people say 25 I think that's quite a big marker and I definitely had a point when I hit 25 I was like what am I doing and I panicked but you look at it and you spend so many years of your life working especially at the moment that it doesn't really matter if you get out 25 or 30 or a bit later as long as you find your passion that's it and I had a bit of I did the classic went into uni I actually did an English degree when I was at uni I went into legal marketing kind of fell into it mm-hmm. and I was working in London in top law firms so I do have a sympathy for my clients who are desk based and they have um quite stressful jobs within mm-hmm. a corporate environment so I was doing that and I remember being sat in a strategy meeting at this London office and thinking is this all there is to life is this what I've worked so hard for and I was about as you say about 25 at the time um and I'm although I earn a lot less money now I'm a lot happier with what I do mm-hmm. so it's a big it's a big jump and a sacrifice financially but I get so much more job satisfaction now helping other women than I did when I was sat you know deciding what employment law was gonna you know be marketed on various in various ways yeah it's definitely one of those situations I hear it all the time so money can't buy you happiness and I'm I'm of the opinion that if I had zero money worries, I'd, I'd be happier in the sense that I have zero money worries. But if mm. you have a lot of money and you're doing something you don't love, that's when these things come into play and the whole money doesn't buy happiness thing is applicable. Um, exactly. So what was, what, was, what was the change? Like, was there sort of just a penny drop moment where you just went, I don't want to do this anymore. And you kind of got up and got up and went and did something different or was it sort of I, a, a I was asked thing? this by someone on Instagram a girl messaged me after she saw that I had a, a previous life before personal training and she was actually training to become a PT and she asked how difficult the jump was but um, but fortunately for me or unfortunately however you look at it the decision was taken out of my hands so I was when I had my first child, I didn't think children would affect your life that much. Mm. I kept my job open in London. I was convinced I'd drop her off at a nursery before yeah. I got on the tube every morning. And then Cherry, my eldest, was born. And I actually realized that children do have quite a big effect on your life. Yeah, and I realized after maternity leave, I didn't want to go back to that job for the sake of my children. Not because I didn't want to work, but it was it was the nature of the job was so, so high powered. It's so stressful that... I would have had to drop her off at 7am and pick her up at seven in the evening. And sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and I just would have gone through days without seeing her. So I had to make that decision then and there that I wasn't going back. And that was really, really hard because I think we as women are told that we can have everything. We can have the job and we can have the kids and we can make a success of it all, but something does have to give in that situation. So it was after a few years of being a stay at home mum that I decided that I, you know, enjoyed fitness so much that I wanted to go into that as a career. And it fits very nicely around having kids as well, which is a good thing. Yeah. So, well, the first time we met was in um, was in Loddon Valley, which is sort of a local gym to both of us. Um, is that where you got your training for qualifications? Is that right? Yes. yes yeah. It is. Yeah. So we met, and obviously you're a, a receptionist at the time, or front of house staff at the time. Um, yeah. Like you said, it, it worked quite well in the sense that there was a creche on site, and you managed to work everything around it, and then you took that step and. Mm-hmm. not to blow your trumpet but you you progress quite quickly and you've moved quite fast in the short period of time that you have um yeah. done this fitness um sort of industry work would you say there's a reason why you you drove through things so quickly one i am 
I consider myself to be quite driven. So anything I do, I put 100% into it. But also I believe that women specifically find me quite relatable. So you're not looking at someone who's always been a size six and is straight out of uni and, you know, nothing against PTs in that situation. But I have been on my own weight loss journey, obviously, several times. I'm relatable. If you can, if you see my Instagram, you know, I like a burger, you know, that I eat like what people would consider a normal person. And I managed to stay relatively lean. Um, so I think women see that and they think, oh, that's someone if she can do it, perhaps I can do it as well. So. And I think that's really key with clients that they've got to have someone who understands them and not feel talked down to or patronized or like they're not good enough, basically. Yeah, I, I think what you do is really relatable. And one of the first things that I think was quite a game changer, and I think you'd agree because a number of other personal trainers have picked this up, is when you did your learn to lift. And this was directed at women. Um and it was bringing women onto the weights weight area on the gym floor, which, yeah. you know, is it's such an abstract con- uh, concept back when we were, we were talking about, which was sort of six years ago or so, mm-hmm. um, which is such a it's relatively recent still, um, but yeah. it never happened before. So what, what motivated you to say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to take these women. I'm going to get them onto the gym floor. I'm going to get them in the weights area and show them that they deserve to be here as much as the big, big men or any men that were sort of had, had claimed yeah. to it before. That's it. And you know, it, it does make me quite angry when I hear it referred to as the men's area, which some women have referred to it as, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to take that stigma away. I saw so much change in my body and my training from weight training you know prior to that I was doing cardio and I was going in and doing what I call an adventure in the gym where I just hop from a bit of cardio equipment to another bit of work and then I got introduced to um, weight training and it just changed it changed my life I was able to eat what I wanted I was able to train in a way that was enjoyable I got stronger which was something I'd never experienced before and I wanted to help other women see this and it is a hard sell because there is still the misconception that weights you know I still hear it to this day even in what we are now 2021 I still get people say weight training will make you bulky so I wanted to show women the light and I wanted to make them see that the weights area isn't somewhere to be feared I think in my opinion there's not too many positives that come out of social media especially in this day and age but one of the positives that definitely has come is is the progression of women and weight training because there are people like yourself on Instagram and uh, a number of other influencers, if you will, who take care in going into the weights area. They make sure they're in there. And you definitely have, would you say you've seen a massive change between six years ago and now in sort of all the different gyms you've stepped into where there's now more women and young women specifically getting onto the gym floor in the weights area? I have seen a change, but I'm always, I always want more. I always want, it makes, still makes me a little bit disappointed when I'm stood in the weights area and there's not another woman. I want, mm-hmm. I, it makes me so happy when I walk in and I just see, you know, an equal number of women or even more women to men in the weights area because it is so good for us. And yeah, as you said, social media has been pivotal in making that, helping women make that leap. You know, there's a wealth of information out there. Sometimes it's not always 100% accurate. But yeah, it's encouraged women to step into the weights area. And what was seen as a kind of alien concept previously is now commonplace in most gyms. But we've just got to, I think we as women have got to keep going and 
keep getting more women in, you know, and make them see the light, make them see this as a really fantastic way of training. Do you have any advice um, in particular to women who are looking to to get away from maybe that cardio area or who are a little bit lost and are looking to include weight training? Do you have sort of a few bits of advice of how they should get into it, overcome that fear? I would definitely say to get a coach and this isn't me trying to peddle my PT business. I don't care if you go to me or you go to, you know, online or you, but honestly, if I was shown how to lift by a, a PT and that was what inspired me, he was fantastic. You know, and I even said the words to him, I don't want to get bulky when he first suggested we move into the weights area, but he eventually kind of brought me around and he showed me how to deadlift correctly, how to squat correctly. If someone hadn't shown me that I would have been, I would have wasted probably years in the weights area just trying to figure things out um and also to invest time in you know educating yourself in weight training so you know we've all got time in the car download some podcasts about basic things like rep ranges and you know how to program your workout so the fact you need to put kind of the compound exercises like your squats your deadlifts first and you know what's really going to count you know what's really got you a lot of bang for your buck in the in the weights area for your goals you know don't be doing loads of bicep curls if your goal is weight loss you know so i'd say education is power first and foremost get yourself a good coach um and i say good get yourself someone who knows the weights area mm-hmm. um and just just take your time with it you know rome wasn't built in a day you're going to have to invest a good few years getting used to this patience is definitely something especially in our era that we don't have too much of I think we live in that sort of ready-made delivery kind of environment where you're not willing to take time to to achieve something or to get something done and health and fitness is one of those things and this is again probably mentioned this before but it's the way a lot of personal trainers get around doing their business they will kill people off put them on a on a strict diet that is unrealistic and they'll see their clients lose weight and their clients will be like this guy's great I lost the most weight I've ever lost but then you'll probably look back at some of these clients if not a large majority of them they will not be in that same body composition that they're in when they lost all that weight do you think there's quite a dangerous market out there at the moment of personal trainers who are doing that who know that if you restrict these calories and you just kill people in training sessions they'll be like yeah it's great and people are making a living off this um definitely um i think there's a lot of good trainers out there firstly i don't want to bad mouth anyone but i do see a lot of you know people i mean my first experience that was you just see a trainer who took a client who walked into the gym onto the gym floor and beast them put them for a hit training set hit session without knowing anything about that client without giving them a program to accompany what they were doing throughout the week, not paying attention to their nutrition. This is a holistic 360 service I offer, you know, and a good trainer will offer. We will be looking at sleep. We will be looking at stress levels in the client. Um, we will be looking to coach them through their diet and their adherence to that. Um, so the quick fix transformation packages do not sit entirely well with me unless I have a client who potentially needs to get ready for a photo shoot within a couple of weeks or so I will not be doing anything drastic with them um that's exemplified by I've just taken on a client who is a breastfeeding mother and she is losing about a pound a week which isn't you know it's not transformative weight loss but a less ethical trainer may be tempted to take those calories lower to make her happier and see results quicker 
I could not do that because that will be at the cost of the quality of her milk for a baby when she's breastfeeding. It will be at her cost of her sleep. You know, I'm not about that. So, you know, I oper operate on a very ethical and, you know, I consider myself to have a lot of integrity when it comes to coaching my clients. And as a result, I have quite good retention. So I, I often say to my clients, I, I want you to leave. I, you know, I want you to leave eventually. I want you to go and, you know, take what I've given you, take what you've learned and be free and just go. It. But I often retain clients for a long time. And I think it's because I'm coaching them about how to maintain a healthy lifestyle as well as, you know, as well as looking after their bodies. So you have moved from um, sort of working in these pu public gyms. Um, you were mm. a gym manager and now you are freelance. You've been freelance for a few years now. Is that right? Yeah. What, what sort of motivated you to make the change? Again, it's another one that I've, um, I've been pushed into in a way. So I had my third child and I left my role as a gym manager and I really wasn't going to work for probably about a year after I had my children. I'm very fixed on having a nice maternity leave, you know, where I enjoy my child. I think having a baby is stressful enough without throwing work three weeks after the delivery straight into the equation. So, but I then got demands from clients to train, I think it was within about three months of having my third child. And so I thought, actually, I could do this. I could fit this in. And from there, it's kind of gone from strength to strength. So something I, I kind of, fallen into it by accident but a nice accident if that makes sense nice and do you think you prefer it this way so you prefer having the freedom to do um sort of your work when whenever it suits you and you can work around that way or did you like having the structure and you know there's a bit more security obviously working in in a public gym facility than working yeah. for yourself I mean it's two there's two sides to this one as a as a mother who doesn't really get much time to myself I do miss the structure of work and actually being amongst other adults in a gym for or in a work environment for eight hours so I do miss that in that sense um, but to be honest with you I, I much prefer freelance I'm making more money per hour I can work my hours around my children and also I can be selective about the clients I take on so I can choose, I, I try and limit myself to um, a certain amount of clients because I found there's a critical mass. I can't look after, you know, 20 clients and be looking after three children and a house. Um, so I can be particular about who I actually take on and invest my time in because I want to do a good job with those clients, not just have this scattergun conveyor belt of people I'm helping. Outside of your, so your personal training, if we look at you, say, six, seven years ago when you started this sort of fitness journey going into a personal mm. trainer, do you think personally your individual training programs have changed? And what, what would the major changes be? <laughs> oh, God, if I look back at my training programs, I'm, I cringe. Um, so when I think everyone suffers from this, when you first start out with a lot of things and you don't know, I think the more you know, the less you know does that make sense so yeah. the more I've got into fitness the more I've realized there is so much out there that I am still to learn I'm, I think you know and when I first got into this I had a little bit of information I took that little bit of information I just ran with it and I was doing programs for everyone and um, I was you know I thought I, I thought I knew a lot more than I did um, so yeah my my training programs have they they do take you know a good two to three hours to craft now whereas before I just churn out some basic training there's nothing say, per se wrong with it but it didn't necessarily match kind of the client and what they wanted should we say 
Um, but yeah, I was very gung ho in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And and that's come on to your training as well. So when you go into the gym and you do your sessions, do you think you you now look at it in a different perspective? I mean, you've said so yourself. You've actually you've gone to other personal trainers, right? Even yeah. though you are a trainer. Yeah, I have a coach now, and the reason um, I've got coaches, I've had coaches when I was pregnant to ensure my programming is right. I had coach a coach my previous um, prep for competition. I have a coach now. I have a coach because I want someone to look at me objectively. If you are a trainer and you have access to all this knowledge and all these lifts and all these exercises, you will often walk in the gym and do the things you want to do, you like doing, mm-hmm. whereas you won't do a lot of the stuff that you perhaps need to do. So I hate lunges, absolutely yeah. hate lunges, but they're a necessary evil. But if I, if I was left to my own devices, I'd never do a lunge. I'd just go in there and shoulder press and deadlift the whole time. Yeah. And that's not really going to help me at all so having someone look at my body and look at my strengths and say right we need to bring this up or we need to work on this is so helpful I think that is going to be the same for so many people I can definitely say it's the same for me that you know before I had a coach again same thing I'm you know I've got my qualifications I read constantly I'm in that health and fitness sort of world so constantly there is knowledge put on my lap but when I walk into the gym if I don't have a program, I'm the same. I'll head straight to the exercises that I know I'm good at or I really enjoyed yeah. the, the movement pattern of. And I'll just do that until I'm like, yeah, that felt good. And then do, <laughs> do a few accessories on the end. And then you go, yeah, oh. yeah. but that's not going to get you to where you're going. There is such a common saying that you need to work on your weaknesses in order to become better. If, if you work on your strengths, you'll, you'll improve, but you're not going to become a better person for it. And that, that kind of, goes across all walks of life I think definitely um so do you think without a coach you would be where you are today do you think you would be you know competing like you said in those bikini competitions or even the personal trainer that you are today I think I I do fine with the personal training but with my own progress in the fitness world with competing and perhaps looking after myself during pregnancy as I did I wouldn't have achieved as much um, or adversely if I'd gone into bikini competitions and tried to coach myself and this happens so often you go in too hard you go in training too excessively you go in dieting too excessively and you actually come out looking you know really not looking great because you've just pushed yourself to beyond where you need to coach also serves that purpose of reining it in so if you I'm, I'm one for just training consecutive days over and over again and not taking rest days. So sometimes I need that coach to say, look, rein it in. You need rest. This is where the magic happens. And yeah. although I know that I need someone to actually sit me down and say, oh, stop. You know, we need to actually do this in a proper way. Rest is actually a really good point because a lot of people don't consider rest. It's the same with sleep. A lot of people don't realize how much like how important sorry, sleep is. Um, Mm. and rest days is definitely the first thing that will go for people who are looking to um, to lose weight or even achieve any sort of fitness goal they just think if I train 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 I'm going to get there quicker and again it links back to this patience thing Um, do you find it hard to instill rest days into your clients initially if you if you've got a new client I get two extremes I find Um, I do get clients who I need to encourage to exercise more so I get the you know I didn't have time and we need to try and work out a solution with them but then I also do get the clients who are I consider myself quite a 
should we call it a high achiever is a nice euphemism mm -hmm. um but yeah they're the high achievers who just want to train all the time and they sometimes train because it's therapy as well it's it's for them it's yeah. the most relaxing time of their day so um and i know that for me the gym is sometimes and the supermarket is legitimately the only two places i get to be alone mm -hmm. so it's it's trying to find something else to do for those people that isn't working out and pushing their bodies to an extreme yeah it's it's difficult to find that balance and i i don't mind it if you're in the situation where like you said you need that therapy you need to go have that hour in the gym i don't mind that if you're doing that but there are points where you just need to rest let your body recover so that then you can hit that next session a bit harder um i i've just actually got like a fitness band for for christmas and my girlfriend got it for mm. christmas and before i'd never had a fitness band before but this gives me an insight into my sleep and also it tells me what sort of level of performance i should be hitting to to sort of go beyond oh, what i was great. doing yesterday yeah. um so it it was definitely something i've noticed um that when i have that insight it just works that little bit better um so going to your bikini competitions how did you get into that what what made you decide that's what i'm going to go for i think it had always been something i'd kind of toyed with people would ask me i mean no no i never do that but in my head i did i did have an urge to do it and i thought to myself i want to do this before i'm 40. Mm -hmm. You know, and last year, although I must have picked the worst year in history to try and compete, you know, gyms weren't open. I was training at home in the garden. Um, you know, stress levels were high with COVID. So, yeah, I, I, why I picked 2020 to do my first competition, I do not know. But, yeah, and I think for me, it was about doing the hard thing as well. I like a challenge. And it was for me, it was doing the hard thing, proving to myself I could do it. And also just getting up on stage and feeling like I you know like I didn't feel out of place there does that make sense yeah no that's really yeah. good would you say there was not too many people with your background up there so you know you're you're late 30s I hope you don't mind me saying that mother of three you yeah. know very busy lifestyle were there too many people on that stage that had that sort of background there were there obviously there's different categories so you're looking at there's bikini juniors which is below 23 you've got bikini general which is a very hard category which i went in into as my first um my first category it's very hard because a woman like me will be up against a 20 year old who's never mm -hmm. had kids um but with that you've also got more mature muscle so at my age you've obviously had a lot more years you've got more time to build that muscle and lay that foundation down um but then you also do have the category i entered and one which was the over 35s and most of those women were amazing they were mothers as well they were very positive they were you know very hard working and it was so inspiring to be amongst these amazing women you know and they all looked fantastic you looked you, you stood there you thought, how have you had like one had seven kids wow. and you just looked and thought how the hell have you achieved this in 2020 and got on stage and and yeah, I think it just attracts a very, a certain type of woman. Yeah. And everyone's just so supportive of each other. Yeah, that's heavily motivational as well. I think for, for mm. listeners and anyone who sees that on Instagram, you know, a, a lot of people look at this type of competition and, and there is a bit of a bad rep on competing. But definitely, yeah. There, there is, there's so much intelligence behind it as well. Um, I think this would be a good point to go to our segment. So in this podcast, we always go into a segment called Snack Corner. 
Um, so I understand okay. you're going to look at it in two, two sections. You're going to do what you're sort of doing now, which is a bulking scenario. And we're also going to go through what competition prep looked like for you. So what snacks okay. have you brought along? Right. So my, well, I'll, I'll do the snack that I currently go to at the moment. I am currently on quite a lot of calories. So I'm on 2,700 to 3,000 calories in, which is a lot for a woman. It's more than the average man should be on a day. So I'm currently trying to build muscle. Uh, my carbohydrates are quite high and this is to fuel my training and to make sure I grow in the next six months before I get back on stage. So we don't want to keep going back to stage with the same, same body. We want to always be improving, always look to um, get better. So at the moment, my go-to snack, I'm eating a lot, but one of the ones I eat a lot of is party rings. Right. Um, and the reason, yeah, the reason I eat party rings on a bulk is because I do have to keep my macros to a certain level. So I do have to still stay within a certain realm for fat. And I have got a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. Party rings don't have a lot of fat, but they do, um, they do have quite, a, yeah, they have carbohydrate and they're quite a nice thing to eat as a snack. So they're not too detrimental to my goals. Whereas if I was to tuck into, say, a load of Oreos or chocolate digestives, they would really screw with um, my prep and really not be optimal because they carry so much fat in them. So it's a very, it's calculated, calculated snack, but one I enjoy. So going now across to your next group of snacks, which is what you do for your, your prep. Firstly, start with how many calories you're on, on prep. Um, I am the exception. So you will hear some horror stories about women being on, uh, 1000 calories or sub 1000 calories on prep. Um, thanks to my, um, the fact that I've lifted weights for a, a longer period of time, the most women, the fact that I do, I am on my feet quite a lot. So my steps average about 15,000 a day. Um, I am probably, as I've come to realize more of the, um, should we say, I'm more I'm a bit of a hard, hard gainer. So what people call an ectomorph, if we refer to somatotype. So I can process a lot more carbohydrates. So I don't want people to go into a prep thinking I can, I can do what she's doing because everyone's different. But my prep calories were 2,100. That might sound like a lot, but to someone who is constantly on their feet and training six times a week, three kids and a job, that is still, they're still relatively tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would lower my calories to about that and it may even be more next time because I'm obviously building more muscle yeah that's that's it's quite interesting because that's over the recommended amount for a female right by the government so it just goes to show that if you live an active lifestyle you need to you can't just stick to that basic calorie setting that is that is given out i know that's there for generic usage to just give people a guideline but it just goes to show if you do live quite a busy lifestyle you may not even know it's busy you know Uh, it could be quite sedentary in your an office job but you're constantly walking around the office up and down stairs maybe and you're active afterwards you know people will still stick to that 2000 calories and and will still be yeah you know malnourished everyone's an individual and that's what um that's why you should again going back to my coach point she was a nutritionist she knew exactly where to put my calories as well and um and I also interesting I didn't have any cardio during my prep which everyone thinks you're kind of gonna always gonna be doing loads of cardio but um being the body type I am the feedback was that I would come in um what was the phrase she used basically I just look too flat on stage I'd lose muscle if I started doing too much doing any cardio really on my prep so I was quite lucky in that sense but yeah so what sort of sorry carry on no go on um yeah I was just going to say what sort of snacks were you eating during prep then so prep when the minute I go on prep I tend to or go prep for any photo shoot I tend to go down to the supermarket and I get a 
a load of vegetables, get a load of volume food because I hate, I'm a person who hates being hungry. So I'll put vegetables, mushrooms, aubergine, courgettes, tomatoes into every meal so that I've got that bulk there. So I'm not getting hungry. So some of my prep snacks would be uh, raspberries. So you can get away with a whole punnet for about 50 calories. Wow. You just sit there, you know, this brilliant snack. Obviously you get your micronutrients in there. Uh, the other things I'd eat a lot of Greek yogurt. So Greek yogurt in terms of protein is really, really high for a relatively small amount. So for hundred calories of Greek yogurt, you've got about 15 grams of protein there, which is really good. Um, the other snack I would have, so during prep, I'm not saying this is necessarily ethical, but it's a little trick I use to keep my appetite at bay is to have a 10 calorie jelly, which I think a couple of your other guests have talked about and a decaf coffee. The two combined seem to help me get through being on less calories and just keep the, the hunger at bay. Amazing. Yes. Well, there's some quite like normal snacks in there that people eat on an everyday diet and maybe don't think mm. is too healthy. But, you know, like the raspberries, people think oh, too much fruit, too much sugar. That's bad for me. But a whole planet of raspberries for sort of 50, around 50 calories is pretty, pretty good going. And like you said, you get yeah. a number of nutrients out of that. So what does the future look like for you? Um, I know you've got your pro card now, so plan to compete hence the bulk um but yeah what's on what's on the horizon so i've just started with a new coach she specializes in um helping women this may this may sound alien to some of your female um listeners but helping women get bigger so i want to put on muscle i want to do it naturally and um she's completely changed my program um obviously i'm checking in with her but her her feedback was basically she wants me to do six shows at the end of this year which is obviously going to be quite a stressful time but it's a goal that I'm going for obviously it terrifies me I do think people's goals should be so big they scare them it's a bit of a cliche but um so I'm aiming for that as well when the gyms reopen back to business hopefully um now Ivy's a bit older I can really put my focus on taking clients in the gym again and getting some structure to that which will be nice after covid um and just generally carry on I'm, I'm in quite a good place in my life and I just want to stay here that's really good no it's really good to hear um so i think we've more or less come to the end of the podcast is there anything you'd like to plug any business and um, where can people find you so that they can sort of use your your coaching okay i am on instagram as aldine bikini pro and i post i should post more on there but being a mom i think some of your listeners will appreciate this it's hard to get the content out there yeah um i post a lot of recipes which people love so i post a lot of um kind of fake away so i post things like a a chicken burger that's kind of under yes. 600 calories and you know how to make supposed junk food fit into your macros so yeah you did fried chicken um, the other day right so, yeah so your, your home kfc which comes in a lot less uh, kind of less than half the fat of your normal kfc so i do post that because i love helping people I've lo- i love making them see that you don't have to survive on a diet of salad leaves and chicken breast to get to your yeah. goals when we leave tier four we're going to be um i'm going to be pting back in gyms um in my local area so helping women to achieve their goals yeah so that is in a brand new gym um that your partner and my good friend uh, adam he's he's the general manager there um so that is a new gym that's opening up in in wokenham is a chain energy fitness um but it, it's franchised right yes that's right yeah lovely yes. bunch of guys who run it as well so um i've never come across a gym where the whole management train yeah you know, it's not a criticism of the industry but there's a lot of people who open gyms you haven't got a clue about fitness but it's nice to be in an environment where people actually know what they're doing 
yeah, we've we've definitely experienced that in gyms we've worked in when you know the people around it don't necessarily train or aren't invested in in the industry. Um, mm. So energy fitness is a good a good page to follow as well. Uh, it's energy fitness Wokenham, is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so yeah, I'm so helping with that at the moment. Oh, that's great. Yeah, there's some really good content on there. Some good prize giveaways as well. Um, so if you're in the local area, or even if you're not. Um, there is online content as well. So that's definitely one to check out. Um, when are you competing next? Looks to be October, November. So I'll be doing the pro show for Pure Elite in November, I think it is, which is going to be scary. So going in um, as a, a professional bikini athlete for the first time against, um, it's just a different caliber of women in that, you know, they've been training for huge amounts of time and it's just a, uh, it was scary, shall we say, but I'm going to do the scary thing and then um, a few other shows. But um, there is there is a line between some of the shows that I can do because I'm not sure if you've heard this, kind of with women, there's bodybuilding shows and there's fitness model shows. So I tend to do the fitness model shows, which are not a, not a softer look, but it's more the Victoria's Secret style. So mm-hmm. I don't think I'd ever be going into things like IFBB where the women, they need to come in a lot more shredded shall we say and you know so i'll be sticking to those uh fitness model style shows come the end of the year all, all of the um you spoke about you spoke the about bikini uh, sorry not bikini pageant beauty pageants that you did when you were younger do you think that was a bit of a driving force to getting into these bikini competitions i think it definitely was there's a lot of girls who get up on stage at bikini competitions they've got a dancer's background or they've got a stage background so it did give me that confidence to but it just made me feel a little comfortable on stage a lot of people have said because the posing is a big part of the how you present your body how you show your muscle off to judges and people have said that oh you, you're quite good at this I'm like well yeah I had a background where I was on stage and you're you know beauty pageants and dancing where you are you become very aware of your body so that has come in useful it's a it is a completely different style of competition though which has been um it's been interesting seeing it from a should we say a bit of a healthier perspective yeah well Adin, it sounds really interesting it sounds like 2021 and beyond that is going to be quite an exciting fitness journey for you so yeah like like Aldine said make sure you give her a follow on instagram some really great content on there thank you again for everyone for thank listening you. in and thank you Aldine, for coming on um as always, this is a non-sponsored podcast. So if you guys are looking to support, head across to www.explorelifestyle.co.uk and we'll catch you next time.